Welcome to the Mouse Moms podcast, a Disney planning podcast where we enjoy quick conversations and cocktails with a Disney twist. We are your hosts, Jennifer. Hi. Lori. Hi. And Juliana, that's me. This week, we are going to tackle the top five mistakes that people make when planning their Walt Disney World vacations. But first, the Mouska cocktail. So it's a running joke with the Mouska moms that it is always a mistake to order a cocktail in Japan in Epcot. We've been burned too many times with grandpa's cologne, um, but here is your exception. If you're yeah. visiting the Japan Pavilion, I promise. Lori has PTSD. She won't do it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, don't even I promise. There. I promise. I can't believe you haven't had this drink because it is delicious and it's kind of on the sweet side, so you would love it. It's called the Violet Sake. It's beautiful, first of all, because it's violet and it usually has a little flower in it. But anyway, it is um, plum sake wine, pear syrup, and coconut water. I promise it's really good. Try it. I've taken a picture of it. I'm in because you're drinking it. No, I, just... I somebody else had it, and I asked if I could take a picture of it. So I could have a picture of it. <laughs> was it was the somebody funny. else me? I don't know. Probably. I, I won't promise. I promise you'll like it. I promise. No, hard pass. It's not. You know what the difference is? This is a staple. It's not like a pop up cocktail at one of the booths for the festivals. Japan That's made... where they go wrong. They make nothing good. I nothing. Their food nothing. is delicious, first of all. Where? In Japan? Okay. At the restaurant. clarify that we're not insulting an entire country or population <laughs> of people, but simply the Japan Pavilion in Epcot? Can we just clarify? <laughs> Please, let's clarify. Yes. The letters are going to come streaming oh in from our fans. Yeah. 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 And now there's only one Bob listening, and you better believe he is listening to us. <laughs> I actually like the food there, but I, and the pavilion in general is gorgeous, but um, I, I promise this is good. sure about this. <laughs> it's you, I prom. Oh my gosh. I can't even say, I, I can't say it enough. I to be less adventurous in Japan than in other countries because of, you know, grandpa. Right. I agree. But this has been around forever. Notice how grandpa never lasts. Grandpa goes away. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm so sorry. All right. Moving sorry, on. Sorry, Grandpa. All right. So today we are going to talk about the top five mistakes that you can make at Walt Disney World. We are going to start at number five and move our way up to number one, which is the biggest mistake that you can make at Walt Disney World. So starting at number five, we, of course, have that you need that not making a park reservation. Big so mistake. Huge. <laughs> you should do that. It sounds silly, right? Because our Mouska fans probably all know that you need to have a park reservation because they listen to us and we talk about it. But you, the, I mean, the number of people that you see trying to get into the parks without a reservation every day is sad. 
sad. It is sad. Because what if it's like spring break or Christmas time and they didn't like, it's just so we try to get the word out, but there's only so much we can do. <laughs> yeah. And even if you have a hotel reservation, they are not obligated and tickets, they are not obligated. And dining reservations. No, and forget it. You're out of luck. So it's, I think um, it's, you know, these park reservations have been around since COVID. Um, I don't think they're, we'll see, but I don't think they're going to go away. But um, I think it's hard because you had people that are used to being, you know, in the Orlando, Florida area. And they're just like, all right, let's go to Disney today. You guys want to go? And right. they're very spur of the moment people, but you can't do that anymore. Right. You can't do that with most of things now. Like even the events going on in Chicago right now, we most of them, you have to purchase tickets. And I feel like that's the deal. You got to Google it to see, can I just walk in? So yeah, it yeah. definitely takes some planning. So when you're planning that vacation, this is one of the top mistakes that people make when, especially first timers. Yes. I think a lot of these we're talking about first timers, but it's a good reminder for everybody because you don't want to get to the park all excited about going. You have your ticket, you have your dining reservation at Cinderella's Royal Table, but you forgot to make a park reservation and they're sold out for the day. You're out of luck. And I um, will say, if you purchase your tickets online, there's like five pop-up screens. There's right. yes, you should know. But there are a lot of there are a lot of people who buy their tickets from third parties or like through work discount programs and stuff. So who knows what kind of information they're getting? Um, I mean, I will say that like if you're standing there with your family of five and your kids are about to cry, like um, maybe you'll get pixie dusted. I'm not gonna promise because there's no obligation. But Make just those children cry avoid right avoid that situation altogether by making your park reservation yeah especially for busier times of the year yes all right so number four we have not downloading the app i'd say not downloading the app before you get there yes right don't wait until you get there. You need to know how to use it because even if it's not your first time at Disney World, it may be your first time in the last year or two. And this is a big change to how things operate when you're visiting the parks. You need that app. You need to know how it works. And because at 7 a.m. you need to get in that Guardians of the Galaxy virtual queue, before everybody else, you really want to make sure that you know how to do it. So you should really take a look, play with it, see where things are, because it's it's not the most user friendly app ever. Um, so and there's just a lot of little details to, to, I will to learn. The app controls almost everything. So if you think about the actual things that go into this app, you have virtual queues, you have genie pluses, you have wait times, you have charging uh, items on your magic band, you have how to open a door, how to check into your hotel. You have all bus of this schedules, bus schedules, photos get loaded, dining reservation, dining reservation, everything. Yeah. And everything. just as an example, like it's not all intuitive. For example, there's there are two there's two menu sections, right? There's a plus button and the little hamburger that bring up two different things. And then on one of them, it says, huh? I know what she's talking about. It's like, oh, that's what they call it. That, even my husband calls it that. He's a computer a dude. The hamburger. Everyone. The hamburger menu icon. It's the three horizontal lines. People call Eddie, it hamburger. The three dash lines is a hamburger. That's what people call it. You've never heard that? No. I. Anywho. Three lines. Anywho. 
Okay, say that. So anywho, what was I saying? She distracted me again. I think she does it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just to see how far we can derail this train. She really does. And (laughs) the train is off the tracks. (laughs) Always, always. Always. It'll find its way back. It'll find its way back. I don't know what you were saying. You were saying something about there is a plus sign and a hamburger sign. Oh, yeah. So like, if <laughs> let's say you wanted to check for um, walk-up availability at restaurants, right? You go to the, one of the menus and you see check dining availability, and that's not what that is, right? That You have to actually search for the restaurant, look at, find it specifically, and then, you know what I'm saying? So there's just Play all around these little, with it. There's all these little caveats to using it that you'll want to play around with. And then you'll want to give your travel agent enough time to answer all the questions that you're going to have about it so that they can then have a call with you and walk you through some some things. So And then another, while we're on this topic of the app, another thing that I always tell my clients and make sure that I do, not only do I make sure that the app is downloaded before I even get to the parks, I make sure that I have the latest version and I also make sure that my phone is updated and functioning at the highest version of the phone as well, because all of those things factor into how effective the app works while you're in the parks and you don't want to find that out. Like Juliana said, when it's 6.59 and you're waiting with your finger on that button to press that virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy, you're going to want to make sure that you're comfortable, that everything is up to date, and that you're all set to start using the app when you get to the parks, not just, you know, looking at it for the first time. So, And it sounds overwhelming, but it's also really, really fun. (laughs) It's a really fun way to get excited about your trip, start playing through the app, look at like, oh, look at what this has. And oh, I want to look at that. I like it. I like to play with it. It gets me excited. I was going to say, it gets excited and it gets you a little prepared too. So a lot of people have questions on Genie Plus. How much is it? Is this ride worth it? Is this ride worth it? You can actually see that stuff. Yeah. Go on the app ahead of time. Play around. Take a look and see what's still available at 11 o'clock. See what the times are looking like. So you can actually go in and play around and see what's going on right now to kind of plan yourself for when you're down there. Right. You you can figure out what the most popular rides are. That's true. So not only familiarizing yourself with the app, but actually familiarizing yourself with what priorities you might want to make. Good yes. point. I don't know if our fan knows this, but we also <laughs> have a YouTube channel and our YouTube channel has a lot of tutorials about how to use the app. So definitely check that out as well. Yes. All right. So speaking of planning, number three is over planning and not taking time to have downtime. Um, I think this is one of the really important ones. Um, Even with people that don't go to Disney that often, um, that feel that they have to get everything in. Uh, I have a lot of friends that literally have checklists for vacations that are like, we have to get through, through this, 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 this. Just put on your checklist downtime. Do it. That's yeah. true. It, yes, that's you're right. That's 100% correct. Like, because I was that person the first time because I thought it was the only time I was going to go. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and I had a checklist, but I also took a long enough trip that I literally had a break day and downtime. Yeah. I, I did schedule downtime, but we were scheduled, but it was scheduled. <laughs> it was scheduled. You, need, was you scheduled. need to schedule it, even if you're doing a shorter trip and that downtime consists of three hours. Mm-hmm. Fine. Put in the downtime. Um, longer trips, you know, once you reach the three or four day, I always recommend the rest day in there. Um, it's just too much. 
Um, and you and need so to many people are like, oh, I'm afraid to have a whole rest day because the kids will be bored. <laughs> the kids will need a rest day. They'll be exhausted. You'll need to regroup and recharge. And we did a whole episode on this once about uh, stopping and smelling the roses or something yeah, yeah. like that. It's and one it was of our first great. Episodes. It was a good one because there are, even though you're not scheduling things on your down day, there are things that you can be doing to, to slow things down and to regroup and recharge. So it's important for a, a sane vacation. We, I talk about this a lot with, um, with clients, even if that downtime is leaving the parks in the middle of the day when they're really crowded and going back. And I've told the story of doing this once when we stayed at Wilderness Lodge and thinking that my kids were going to nap. <laughs> they did not. So we gave up and took them to the pool instead. But you know what? Even being active in the pool was a total recharge for them. Yes. It was just a change of scenery. And like Lori said, it's just downtime. They're just playing. There's nowhere for them to be. There's nowhere for them to wait. They're just being and doing and it's important for sure it's, it's you know as much as everybody wants to make these memories at disney's and get these photos and go on this ride and do everything else you know at least our family has found that you make memories just even during your downtime you know we've made memories sitting on the hub grass in front of the castle and i let the kids run around and they play tag um or they do some type of crazy you know pose to go in front of the castle they think is hysterical and instead of moving as fast as we can to get it done we just let the kids be mm -hmm. um you know or they meet friends in the pool at whatever resort we're at um because they're just playing um so it's i, I think it's one of the most important things to not get wrapped up in going 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 every single second um, and definitely enjoying the resort you're in or enjoying the park you're in and not running from ride to ride. Yeah, people always joke about Disney that they're going to they're going to need a vacation after the vacation because Disney is such a busy vacation. But I mean, that's that's kind of on you. <laughs> yeah. Take it slow. Take it I down mean, but like Lori said, like you can you can have moments that are that are like that. A few yes. hours here, a few hours yep. there. Just schedule in some time where you're not scheduled for something else, or, or whatever. Schedule in some time to not be scheduled. <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. No, like you said, I mean, one of Hollywood studios for whatever reason will drive my blood pressure up when it's busy. Me and we make too. sure that at like one, two o'clock, my, I can't. So we, I be, I'm like between one and four, I don't care where we go. I just need to get out of Hollywood studios mm -hmm. or sit in a restaurant. I just need to leave the crowded funneled area busyness of Hollywood studios and oh, just no. find a quiet area. And that's 100%. okay. That totally. is okay. Agreed. And now, a word from our sponsors. Mouse Moms are avid travel enthusiasts, and our podcast is sponsored by Kingdom and Cruise Travel. If you are interested in booking a vacation to Disney or any other worldwide destination, be sure to check out the website, kingdomandcruise.com, and their Facebook page, Kingdom and Cruise Travel. Alrighty, number two, staying off property. Um, big mistake. Huge. <laughs> again, again with the big mistake, huge. So there, let's, let's be honest, there, there used to be a lot more reasons that this was a mistake, but it's still a huge mistake because yes. even without, you know, transportation being included, yeah, I always say big whoop, like what vacation do I take where transportation's included? Um, 
and things like that. There's, you know, we always talk about the Disney bubble and the convenience of Disney. And I mean, transportation from the airport, obviously transportation when you're at Disney is included. This is huge. This is huge enough, right? Because when you're staying at an offsite place or whatever, not only you'd either have to drive and park, which can be a big nightmare, yep. but you also... And a big expense, by the way. It Right? It, it to, does add it, an expense. Yeah. Because yeah. you're usually paying parking fees at the resort, the, the offsite resort. You're paying uh, parking fees at the theme park. And you're renting a car, which is very pricey. So people who right. think that they're saving money by staying off property and then wind up with a rental car, compare apples to apples, because I bet you it's not as much money as you think you're right. saving right. at the end of the day. True. And and if you're not going the car route, but you're staying somewhere that offers shuttle service, definitely be wary of what that means, because yes. sometimes it's, you know, every 40 minutes, every half an hour, twice a day, some of them charge a fee for those. So those are things to be leery of. And, and they're also uh, interesting to note, a lot of those offsite hotels that do offer a shuttle, those shuttles aren't dropping you off at the same place where Disney transportation is dropping mm -hmm. you off. So usually you have a much further walk, you have inconsistent times. And nine times out of 10, my client who insists on staying off property, even though I give them these options, um, will wind up spending a fortune in Uber because their shuttle isn't coming for another 45 minutes, but they want to get out of there now. And so they're not going to wait so that they're going to order an Uber and then wind up paying a lot of money for an Uber instead of just you know, time is money on these vacations. They are not cheap vacations. You want to be able to take your downtime in the middle of the day. And it just makes it so much harder to do all that stuff when right. you're not staying in the bubble. Right. When you mistake, num when you make mistake number two, you're for sure or going to make mistake number three, right? You're definitely yes. going to not have enough time for downtime because you're spending <laughs> time on the bus is not downtime. No. Time waiting for your, that is not downtime. No. That is not what we're talking about. And I think when we say Disney buzz bubble too, I think part of, you know, I think one of the minuses is you're, when you're on site, you're in this bubble, but not only are you in this bubble in terms of you're around Disney, there's Disney all over Disney's in your face. Cause that's where people are like, well, sometimes I need a break from Disney. It's not just that there are resorts that offer that Mickey's not in your face all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but on top of it, if you were to have questions and you don't have a travel agent or you have questions while you're on site that are super quick, if you're in an offsite property, they're not helping you. And if they are, I'd be careful with that because they are not Disney employees. They are not cast members. So I know lots of times I've had questions of, hey, this virtual queue didn't work right for me. Can you show me what happened? And hey, you know, we were looking at this. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? Or we were running Run Disney. And I was like, hey, when exactly do I get there? What time? I had questions. Right. But I'm not able to ask a front desk if I'm staying off site because right. they don't know what I'm talking about. It definitely makes it a more full service vacation for sure. Yes. So, but there's, there's other things too. For example, when you're staying on property, you also get an extra half an hour in the morning at the parks. Yes. Every park, every day. This park, it has proven to be huge. I remember when at first it used to be extra magic hours were like an hour at select parks, select days. And that was kind of like, you know, you had to strategize and stuff. And then when they moved it down to a half an hour at every park every day, a lot of people bought thinking it wasn't enough. But I think it's been fantastic because in that half an hour, 
I don't have to strategize which park I'm going to and then hop to later. And in that half an hour, I don't know how, but I managed to get so much done. I think maybe fewer people are taking advantage of the half hour than when it was an hour, but I, I don't know what it is. But I think it's, it's because fantastic. it's every park every day. So yes, that's right. before it was one park on Wednesday, one right. park on Thursday. So right. you would draw the crowds to that park on that day. That's right. And now it's every park every day. So sure. it, some people it are evens like, it out. Yeah. And it's, it this is actually one of their better moves, yes. I feel like, because you're I right. It's so totally too. diverse. It's like di dispersed. That's the word dispersed the crowds and all that. So I really like that. And then again, you know, if you stay at a deluxe resort, they get some extended hours in the evening at some sometimes, yes. which is more like before. But I feel I, like evening hours were never as crowded as morning hours. No. That's um, a great perk. <laughs> one of the last perks for this is dining reservations. Um, lots of people complain in regards to being able to make dining reservations and getting the reservations that they want. So when you're staying off site, you actually have to make them day by day by day at the 60 day mark. If you're staying on site, you get access to your entire vacation on the start date of your vacation. Um, it's complicated in terms of trying to really sit down and think about it. But if you're having a seven night vacation, you're getting access to your seven night vacation of dining reservations on your day one. If you're staying off site, you have to wait six more days to get that day six. Um, and those dining reservations are gone. So, so all those people who are staying on site with check-in dates up to 10 days before when you're going are getting access to those yes. reservations before you. That is very important, especially if it's a big special trip and you want that special meal with Cinderella or whoever. That's, that has been the number one complaint with people that I've had stay off site is they, you know, they get excited for their trip. They're like, all right, we want to do space 220 Cinderella's Royal table. We want to go to Topolino's. And I'm like, well, good luck to you. So yeah. the biggest complaint for my clients staying off property is more with the booking of the individual lightning lanes and the genie plus selections, because if you are not, I'm going to mess this up, right? If you are not on property, you cannot purchase your individual lightning lane until you arrive at the park par or until park opening. I don't believe you have to be in the park, but you have to, it, the park has to have been opened. So now at 7 a.m., everyone who's staying on property can go ahead and purchase that, you know, that one ride, that that Guardians of the Galaxy, which you have to get, or that um, Rise, of the, know, Resistance. Rise of the Resistance, yeah. the one ride in each park that everyone wants to ride. So now you're not getting in a half an hour earlier than everybody else. So the line for that, once you get in, is already going to be pretty long. And you can't buy it until after other people have already had two hours yeah. sometimes to yeah. purchase it. Well, right? they're gone. They're gone. It doesn't they're matter. Gone. They're gone. So it's not happening. So yeah. you are waiting several hours out of your day now for that one ride, or you're just not riding it. So, and again, time is money. And, and I know that there is an appeal for staying off property because you're saving some money, but the things that you're missing out on far outweigh that. And 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 the logistics, I, I mean, I can't say it enough, no matter what kind of family you're going with, if you're going with a multi-generational group and you know, grandma and grandpa need a rest in the middle of the day and they need to get back to the resort to just chill or just have some downtime, 
that's going to be very difficult if you're not staying on property. My families with young toddlers and kids who still nap, not happening if you're staying off property in the middle of the day. And then families like mine, where I have teenagers, I love the comfort of being able to let them go out to the parks for their evening hours or staying after the fireworks and the rest of us, you know, as I'm tired and old and I can go back to the resort and feel comfortable knowing that they can get back to the resort very, very easily because it's just, it's Disney transportation. It's not a shuttle bus or an Uber or whatever. It's, there's something to be said about that. And it, it makes it feel almost like an all-inclusive vacation where you just you go to the resort and you don't need to leave that property for the duration of your stay because right. everything is right there and easy for you. Right. You're contained in the bubble like we talk about. But even if you're the type of family that says, I don't care where I sleep, I'm just going to be there sleeping. I'm going to you know, get to the parks when they open and I'm going to leave when they close. So it really doesn't matter. Um, it does. It does because... You, you still got to leave at the end of the day. You still have to get there in the morning. You still have to leave at the end of the day. And all of the convenient reasons that we talked about, it matters. So uh, it's it's a big one. It is. All but right. Not as big as number one. one. All right. So number one, um, of course, is not using a travel agent. I know. Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> she goes. There she goes. I know that we say this quite a bit, um, but it's really, I feel like we we need to let people know and educate to a point um, that I don't think people understand when it comes to travel agents, specifically with Disney. Um, you know, they think by using a travel agent, what's the catch? What's the extra fee? There is no extra fee. That's, you know, that was the biggest hurdle in terms of me when I first started doing this, being like, wait, what? I don't understand. So Disney already has this built in. If you guys are booking directly with Disney, it's the same cost. The commission, everything, it's built in. So if you work with a travel agent, it's the same cost as if you go on Disney's website. The difference is you're working with a travel agent and it's personalized. The um, difference is who gets to keep the commission. You're paying a commission yes. no matter how you book it. The right. difference is who gets to keep that commission. And when you use a travel agent, that travel agent who's doing so much work and has such expertise and experience and knowledge about your vacation is getting to keep that money as payment for giving you this great trip. So because they only get that commission after you travel. Yeah. So. But if you but don't use a travel agent, it's going directly back to Disney, guys. If you think true. Disney's greedy. <laughs> <laughs> but also like aside from that if you don't use a travel agent it's it severely increases the likelihood that you are going to make mistakes two through yes. five so two like, through five use a travel agent number one mistake not using a travel agent because it will assure that mistakes two through five will happen because none of us is ever going to let you make any of the mistakes that we and i will say there's have. a lot of people that are like i know disney i'm fine that's why i book my own trips Listen, I think I know Disney and I spend probably close to four to five <laughs> hours a day reading about Disney. And right. It's, and you have a network of professionals that you can turn to and bounce right. ideas off of and find out in-person, real life information. So which I, correct. Which I guess brings us to the Mouska tip. Are we ready? Yeah. 
Okay, so the mouse tip is do not ask for travel advice from everyone on your friends list. Um, it's like crowdsourcing for information and I get why that is really tempting, but if you ask 10 different people, you're going to get 10 different answers. Every person has their own opinions. Every person has their own advice. You should pick one, maybe a couple of people that you trust. Hopefully it would be your travel agent because as I was saying, you know, if I don't know the answers and or it's not even if I don't know the answers, if I don't have personal experience with one of these questions you might throw at me, someone I know does, someone I work with does. So there's also an entire network of people with legit experience and professionalism to draw on when you use a travel agent. So you've got one point of contact, but this whole network of resources in your corner. Um, so that's the person you should turn to for advice. Um, of course, there are also some really reputable and great blog sites and stuff that you can do research from, um, Mouse Moms being one of those. But too many opinions is just going to overwhelm and confuse you because everybody does it a little bit differently. And you want someone who knows you and knows what you need, like your trusted travel advisor. And your handy dandy Mouse Mom. That's right. <laughs> Well, Mouska friends, there you have it. Our top five mistakes that first timers make on their Walt Disney World vacation. Are you guilty of any of these mistakes? Just a quick reminder to check out our Facebook group, Mouska Moms Podcast, to dive deeper into this and all things Disney and Disney planning. Be sure to follow our show so that you receive notifications when new content is released and you never miss an episode. And please consider writing us a review as well. We really appreciate it. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Here I see. See you real soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. <laughs>